This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you are struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, then check out NoCD. NoCD offers online therapy for people who are struggling with OCD anywhere in the United States and now in the United Kingdom. You can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in the treatment of OCD, which is exposure and response prevention. Between sessions, you'll get 24-7 support from our peer support community and our clinician-guided tools. You also have the ability to message your therapist from the app for additional support and encouragement. Plus, the app tracks all of your exposures, and there are tons of other ERP tools on there too, like an SOS track to put on when you're really, really struggling. You can get started by booking a free call at www.treatmyocd.com or download the free NoCD app to get started. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to work with me as your therapist. We even have free support groups that you can sign up for, and they're all led by a therapist who specializes in ERP. Head to www.treatmyocd.com and tell them that Jenna Overboss sent you. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of All the Hard Things. I have another guest episode here, and these are some of my favorite episodes to do because these are usually people who are listeners themselves. They reach out and they want to be on the podcast and they feel called to share their story for one reason or another. So Jamie, thank you so much for being here and your willingness to share your story. Um, Mm -hmm. I know we're going to talk about your experience with OCD and intrusive thoughts and treatments. Um, and it's really important for you, you said to just reach out to women specifically. So I'll let you kind of do your intro. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your story and your background? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm 31 years old and I have two kids. I have a five-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. Um, and I stay at home with them. I've stayed at home with them since, um, my son was born. Um, before that, I actually would take my daughter to work with me. So I've always kind of been with my kids. Um, and my husband owns a business. So he's, you know, an awesome dad, but super <laughs> busy as well. So um, it, it just kind of works out that I get to stay home um, with them. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And I know being home with them can be really awesome in some ways and can also be really challenging in other ways. So talk to us a little bit about that. And also, just your experience with mental health struggles. I know you talked about OCD, intrusive thoughts and all that. Yeah. So um, for me, I honestly am just thankfully one of these people that really enjoys being home with my kids. Like there's not really a day that 
I'm kind of like, I'm, I don't want to do this, you know? So I feel, you know, I know that's not everyone and that's totally fine. But for me, it's, it's a really good fit and I'm, I'm happy to be doing it right now. I, I know I won't be doing it forever. So, you know, I, I'm happy with where we're at there, but, um, yeah, I mean, as far as, as OCD and just anxiety and all of that in general, um, I've had anxiety my whole life. Um, so that's not anything new to me. I've always, I basically was diagnosed with GED when I was, I don't know, a teenager. Um, and I never really did anything about it. I tried to do something about it. I, I went to a few therapists. I never really got anywhere. Um, I was put on anxiety medication and just kind of like, this will fix your problems. And it was all meant well, but I never really thought about it again. Um, I just would take my medication and I knew I would be anxious sometimes. And I just kind of chalked it up to like, that's just who I am. Um, and it didn't really bother me. Uh, then going into, uh, I, I definitely wanted to have babies and, you know, always felt called to be a mother and I would even have anxieties about that. Um, but I had my daughter, I came off my medication, um, got pregnant pretty easily, thankfully, and didn't really have an issue with my pregnancy um, the entire way through. I had a great delivery. Um, and I remember I, what, what I now know would be an intrusive thought, but I had like a random intrusive thought, which is what they are, but uh, you know, about, I don't know, I wanna say a month after having my daughter, um, and it just like totally freaked me out. I remember calling my mom and, and just kind of being like, I don't know if I should be afraid of this. I started Googling, you know, all the things that you, you do. And I just decided to go back on my anxiety medication. And honestly, I just chalked it up to that. And I just moved on with my life. <laughs> um, so then I, I decided to have another baby, um, came off my anxiety medication again. And this time I kind of thought it would maybe be a good idea to see a therapist the whole time. So I, I saw a therapist just kind of like precautionary. I don't know if that thought like stuck with me. I don't really know what it was that I thought like maybe I should get a better grip on, on my anxiety because I, I really wasn't anxious with my previous pregnancy. Um, but saw a therapist and, she, you know, looking back, she wasn't really very helpful. I think I would just go there and, and talk to her. Um, but about right as I started my third trimester was when the uh, OCD like just started to kick in and it really felt like it was out of nowhere. I think I was triggered by some sort of news story or something and I just couldn't let it go. And I know, honestly, um, I remember standing at my stove and I had a terrible thought that I would stab myself in the stomach. I said, what if I, I stab myself in my st the stomach or something like that? And it just scared me like so badly. I was just shaken with it and I couldn't let it go. And I didn't know, you know, what, what this was. I really didn't know what OCD was. And I just started kind of like Googling, like, why is this happening? And you know, as, as much as you try and push them away, they just come more and more. So it really ended up being like a battle with myself the last trimester of my, my pregnancy, just really trying to like protect myself and my then like two-year-old daughter from like what I thought was myself. I really didn't know what was going on. Um, I'm very lucky that I'm close with my doctor and he would take calls from me and, and he um, was kind of just like, you know, this is your anxiety. This isn't anything else. You need to not worry about it. You're going to be fine. And 
I was open with my therapist and she really didn't say anything. Like she didn't point to, you know, you're having, this is what's happening or whatever. It was more me Googling my symptoms that let me figure out like what they would really call harm OCD was like what I was experiencing. So. Yeah. I mean, I, for someone who doesn't have like any real foundational knowledge about intrusive thoughts, OCD, let alone harm intrusive thoughts, the concept of just like having that thought and having no context for it, like not knowing that that was a, a symptom or characteristic of OCD, I cannot even imagine how terrifying that would be because I mean, I've had those thoughts, especially related to my own son and like my own pregnancy, but I already was in the game of OCD, right? Like I was already a professional in the field for like 10 years prior to that. And so I, that's why I, that's behind why I do so much of what I do was because I have specifically so many times had that thought of like, if I'm struggling so much with these thoughts and I know what's going on, how do people who have no context for OCD handle this stuff? Like, how are they doing this? It's impossible to me. So I cannot even imagine how hard and terrifying that must have been. And like, frustrating that in hindsight, you had to do so much of that legwork yourself. Like you had a psychiatrist who it seemed like was helpful and maybe indicated that it was anxiety, but no one was able to say like, yep, this is obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> exactly. I mean, my therapist honestly told me to do yoga. I was like, this is not like a yoga thing. <laughs> this is yoga is not going to help me. Like she wanted me to take deep breaths. And I was kind of just like, I don't think you're understanding. Like I'm literally all day, like scared. I don't know what's going on. So I kind of just was like, I've got to get through this. I know that, you know, I'm going to deliver a baby and I, I'm excited about it. You know, it was, it was, it's such a strange thing because you're like, you feel like your mind is going against you because I knew that like, I did not feel that way. And I knew that I, all of these things that were coming up were just absolutely, you know, totally random, but I, I couldn't, I was just fighting it. I, I was, I, I couldn't stop it because you, you can't, you don't know what to do. And I was honestly scared because I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to like not be able to get rid of these thoughts. I'm like, what's going to happen when he, when he comes? So I kind of knew as badly as I really didn't want to go back on my anxiety medication that that was probably something that I was going to have to do just for like the well-being of myself and, and being able to raise my son as best as I possibly could. And I knew like in that anxious state, there was no way that I was going to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I resonate with that so much, just the, the mind going against you, right? Because there is this logical side where you're like, I'm excited for my baby. I don't think that I would ever do those things, but what if, like, it just still feels so real. And especially when it comes to your baby, it's like, I'm not able, like, I'm not willing to deal with just 99% certainty that I'm not going to stab myself in the, in the belly with a knife. Like I need 100% certainty. I want 100% certainty. I remember even with all the knowledge that I had about OCD, some of the issues I had specifically, like the example that jumps out to me was I was always really afraid that I was leave, I would leave him either on accident or on purpose at the grocery store. And I remember it got to the point where I would literally have to like pull over on the side of the road physically like get out of my car, take him out of his car seat and like smell him, touch him, see him, hear him and like activate all of my senses in order to verify that he was there and that I did not leave him. And I knew, like I knew as I pulled my car over 
what I was doing. I was like, you're doing a compulsion right now. You want to be 100% sure that he's there. You, you know that this is going to make you feel better for now, but it's going to make it worse in the long run. And I was like, I don't care. I, I don't care. Like it's, it's not worth it to me. Like I need to know right now if he's in the car. Right. And as moms, right? Like we, we don't care about logic. We don't care about anything. We just want to keep our babies safe. And so exactly. I, I totally get that. Yeah. To feel like you, you're doing everything you can, but you still can't is just, it's an awful feeling. And I didn't, you know, as I said, I, I didn't know what was going on with me. I mean, I knew because I was Googling and I was finding like a few random articles and I was like, okay, this is hap- This is me. <laughs> like, this is what's happening to me. But I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And I obviously didn't know that I was making it worse by responding. So a lot of it would be in my head because for me, like I had dealt with anxiety so much of my life, which actually, actually I've dealt with OCD most of my life. I just didn't realize it because I've, I started kind of like putting the puzzle pieces together. Like I've been through this before, but in a different way, you know, I wasn't obsessing about, about harming things, but I've been obsessing about other things in different parts of my life. So when I started to realize that I kind of was like, okay, something else is like going on here that you know, I think I need to like get a better grip on. Um, so yeah, so I, I went back on my medication and honestly, like it was such a relief and it, it took so much of like the worry away that I kind of was like, oh, that was something that happened to me and like, just kind of like let it go. So like, I might've had like random things, but I spent like the next year of my life just like basically ignoring them. Cause I was like, I'm fine. Like I actually got to a point where I was like, I'm ready to come off of my anxiety medication. I tapered myself off of it again. I mean, with my doctor. Um, and I completely came off of it. I was like feeling so great about it. Um, and then it like totally backfired on me <laughs> and I had like another huge round of just like intrusive thoughts, just like pouring into me. It was almost as if like, once I decided that I was okay, it was like, no, you're not okay. <laughs> you still have something to deal with. I felt like it was like my body telling me that. And, um, I, that's when I started ERP. So it wasn't until a year after I had him and I didn't never even told anyone except for my doctor. My husband didn't know. Um, so I lived like a year with our new baby and you know, my two-year-old, my husband had no idea. And it felt like this big, heavy, like confession of like, oh my gosh, I'm this awful person. You're going to think I'm terrible. Like, listen to this. Yeah, I can, I relate to that too. Like, I still, I still think, I still think there are things that my husband doesn't know, like certain thoughts that he doesn't know that I haven't necessarily kept for good reasons. They're, they're shameful. They're really, they seem kind of crazy in hindsight. And it's like the fact that, yeah, I mean, for not wanting to be judged, for not wanting our babies to be taken from us, for not wanting to be misunderstood by the mental health professionals. We just kind of sit in silence and it, we're like hidden in plain sight. But yeah, so much goes yeah. undiscussed. So much goes undetected because we just don't have, I mean, and not to mention, we don't even have the resources, right? Like medical professionals aren't, they're, they're screening us about whether we're ready to have sex or not at six weeks, but they're not screening us <laughs> for whether we have intrusive thoughts, right? They're screening us 
for depression, but they're not screening us necessarily for anxiety or trauma or obsessive compulsive disorder. So talk to us about your experience. Like, how did you shift? Because it seems like you were in a place where like you didn't know what to do. Like you had no resources. So what prompted you to go and find an ERP therapist? What was that like? Well, so um, it's, it's hard to find an ERP therapist. I mean, and then, you know, you're doing your research and they're like, well, you don't want to get into the hands of the wrong therapist because they might react the wrong way because people aren't trained correctly in this. And I'm like petrified. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm going to find, you know, this person who thinks that I'm nuts and I know I'm not. And, and it was just, it was scary. So I, I think I went on like, I don't know the website, it's OCD International or something like that. Um, but it's the OCD website. And there was one person in my area that um, specialized in ERP. And I was like, I know I have to do this. There's no other way. I, I had done enough research and like, I knew I couldn't live my life like that anymore. I was like, I cannot be gripped by this fear. So I started with him and I mean, ERP, it was just absolutely beyond helpful. Um, it just changed everything. You know, I was in this space of thinking like, I had some sort of root problem. Like I have to heal something. So I had been on this journey after I had my son of like, I started meditating and really like getting into, I've always worked out, but I really started like taking my time for my own space and exercising and doing all that and, and really working on like the mindfulness aspect of it. So I felt like when I started ERP, I was like really in a good space there. And that's probably why I felt as good as I did. But um, then like adding the ERP in was just, I mean, game changing. It's like, you don't even know how bad you were feeling until you like put yourself through ERP and, and are on the other side. And then, you know, you, you're like a, you're back to, I don't want to say back to yourself. Cause I think you're, you're such a different person, but I think in a good way, you're, you're back to yourself. I've often said that one of my favorite go-to self-care routines is to get my nails done. But if you're like me, then you just can't justify salon prices or the harshness that these bring to your nails. Olive in June allows you to get the salon quality manicures and pedicures at home. You can easily go up to seven days without chipping, you don't have to leave the house, and you can finally stop spending $35 or more every two weeks on getting them done. For $10 off your first order, Head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. That's so cool. I totally, I agree. And I think in a way you can actually become like a better version of yourself. Like I know I've done ER, I've done it from both angles. I've been the therapist who applies ERP to these types of cases, but I've also been to my own ERP therapist. Like I've done ERP before. And I know the feeling of that corrective experience. Like after you do this anxiety provoking exposure, you resist the ritual or the compulsion that you're typically used to doing. And you learn that like you're capable of this thing and you're not actually this horrific person and you can tolerate it and you can handle it and you can do difficult things. And like you had referenced this a little bit in our like outside exchanges prior to this podcast episode. And I'd love for you to talk about that. Like you talked about how you're almost kind of grateful for having gone through your experiences and all of that. So maybe now is a good time to kind of talk about that. Yeah. So I think that, um, being that I've, I, I mentioned that I always had an anxiety disorder and really never felt like I was getting 
anywhere with it. Um, going through this has just been something that I think that I always look at as I, I personally needed. And I think that, you know, it's hard to say that when you're in the grips of it and it's like, it feels awful, but you have to dig deep. I mean, you have to really dig deep to, to find yourself. I read this quote once and it was like, motherhood will take you so far away from who you once were and bring you back to who you were supposed to be become. And I think that that is so true. And like, no matter what you're going through, when you do the work and you really dig deep and you, you find yourself and, and you find like that power within you, it, it really can change you. And, and also, you know, I, I, I not, I didn't just do this. I, I've really dove into like the spirituality aspect and, you know, that's not for everybody, but I kind of noticed that there was like this common ground. And if you read, you know, OCD books and, and I've read a few workbooks that have been just absolutely great. I found you on Drew's podcast and I love his book. Um, but you read these and then you'll read like a, um, a book about like finding yourself and soul searching and, and things like that. They all have the same thing. It's, it's all about the same principles and it's all about acceptance and the letting go and, and allowing life. And I think that if you can figure out how to do that and you know, in OCD treatment, you have to figure out how to do that. I'm just like leaps and bounds from where I ever thought that I could be. And I honestly didn't even know I had to be. And I, I'm so grateful for going through that because I, I was so just okay with being anxious that I probably would have just been anxious for the rest of my life. You know, like, I, I don't think I would have ever like put the work in that I had to put, put in to do this. So yeah, definitely grateful. And if someone said to me, you know, I, I find myself in this position now, like I had kids earlier than a lot of my, my friends and like, I don't want to warn them, but I want to be honest with them. And I, when I really started looking into mindfulness and started meditating, and the thing is, I think people with meditating are like, I don't, I'm not like a Zen person, or I don't want to, to sit there. I can't just sit there. Well, I look at meditating as like training your brain. So I don't look at it as like, oh, I need to go and sit down for 15 minutes because I need to calm down. I look at it as like, I need to be able to come back to the present moment. I need to be able to do that for my life. Um, it's also something that I find is like so important now that I want to teach my kids. And I don't think that I would have ever thought that way five years ago. Um, but you know, I try to be open about that and, and people don't always know like, or kind of resonate with that. And, and I don't really know the right way to kind of like inform, you know, moms or, or people that, that want to be a parent. But I just think that if this information was given to us, you know, when we were young, we would, so many people would suffer less. And that is why I feel so called to share my story because like, it's just not even necessary. Do you know what I'm kind of saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I do think that it would be so great for us to come at it from a preventative source, right? Like educating about these intrusive thoughts ahead of time. Like they are so evolutionarily to be expected, right? Like Totally. Moms can expect, especially moms, can expect to have these intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are normal. Um, everyone, like they've done tons of research to determine that everyone has intrusive thoughts. They are a normal everyday human experience. Um, 
especially moms are going to have those intrusive thoughts in the form of harm thoughts. There are also moms who have sexual intrusive thoughts and so many other things that they're not talked about until they are struggling and in crisis mode. And they have found it usually by via, like via a Google search on their own. It's so incredibly frustrating versus like having that education ahead of time. I don't know. I just always think about, we have all these breastfeeding classes and how to change a diaper classes and what to expect when you're expecting classes. Like, why do we not have a women's mental health class of what to expect, right? Like if I had known, I mean, I, mean, I guess I did know and it still rocked me, but if moms knew kind of what to expect, then they wouldn't be so caught off guard when it happens and they would know before having to wait a year or whatever to go and get this type of therapist. You know what I'm saying? Totally. It's it. If I had even heard about this before, I would not have been as rocked by it as I was. I'm, you know, yeah, of course when you're going through it, I think it just is, it is what it is. You're going through it, but there's no information. I mean, there's nothing. I, you don't hear anything about it. And, and it's like one of these things that seems taboo to, to talk about. And it just is, it's crazy to me because it's, it's should be one of the number one things. And I think people would feel so much more comfortable after having a baby. Um, so just not expecting themselves to, to be perfect and feel this way and, and, and not think this because it's fine. And like, you're fine. And I, I just, I wish it was, it was discussed. It kills me that it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I love these mom episodes so much because I think you're right. Like it is a fine balance between we don't want to scare moms who are like new and expecting, but I also don't want to just sugarcoat everything either. Like I want moms to know, like if I have a friend who's expecting a baby, I will tell them straight up, like, you tell me how much you want to know. Like, I don't want to scare you, but I also want you to know like you, when, and if you experience these things, you can come to me because this is how bad it got for me. And I want, I don't, I don't want anyone else to be as blindsided as I was because it felt like for a while there I was struggling and everyone else seemed like they were fine. But as soon as I mentioned that I was having these thoughts, or as soon as I mentioned that I wanted to run away, or as soon as I mentioned that blah, 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 everyone else started to say that too. And I'm like, well, where have you been the past like year and a half? Like, why exactly. are, are you just now coming out of the woodwork? Like I could have used that solidarity the past year and a half. So right. something else that you, I know felt really strongly about was wanting to really hammer in the urge feeling that goes along with OCD and intrusive thoughts, like the thought that yes. maybe like the urge feeling and how strong it feels and all that just isn't talked about enough. And so I want to hear your perspective as someone who's been there, um, has been on both sides of it, right? Like you've had those intrusive thoughts where they felt really, really scary. You've been in treatment where you've done ERP obviously. And now you're on the other side of that talk to me about that urge feeling that goes along with OCD and intrusive thoughts and, and just anything that you can talk about as far as that goes. Okay. So that was probably the hardest thing for me to be able to like fully allow it to let go of that, of the thoughts I would say is because I would get this overwhelming feeling like I had to stop myself. So like the best I could describe it as, as an urge. And I've read it before and I've, I've heard it described like sometimes it's an urge or, but it, I've never found anything that has actually gone into detail about like, 
or found someone talking about it that said like, I felt this and, and it would have made me feel so much better and been like, okay, I can also let that go. But I, I clung onto it. Like it was its own separate thing. Like, you know, I can let go of the thoughts, but I can't let go of that feeling. And I think that it was probably the last thing that I realized, like, wait, this is all the same. And, and so it was, it was like this feeling. And sometimes it wouldn't be, um, like with a thought, sometimes it would just be like this overwhelming feeling, but a lot of times it did come with a thought and it's literally like your heart, like stops or something like, like it's so intense, like that you have to like stop your body. And then you're pairing that with a thought that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm literally like stopping myself right now from like doing the thought. And it's just as scary as the thought itself. And I don't know if that makes sense or if you, you've ever experienced it, but I know obviously you, you, you talk to people about this all the time. Um, and it's just like, my brain would be like, if I feel this way too, like I didn't feel that I wanted to act on the thought, but it was like the feeling of like, don't step out because there's a car coming. Like that feeling like, Oh, stop yourself. It was almost like that. And it, it felt honestly, like I like had to do everything in my power to just like get away from it, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I hear a lot of times people are, I mean, they're shocked when I do my first psychoeducation session with people and I tell them like intrusive thoughts can be, in, they can be intrusive thoughts, but obsessions can also be intrusive feelings, intrusive urges, intrusive images. And they're like, what? No way. Like, I didn't know that too. They think that they're just like these intrusive thoughts, but they can also be urges, impulses, images. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I work with so many people who would say exactly what it is that you're saying. It's like, it's, it's one thing to have the thought. It feels easier to kind of like diffuse from that or disconnect from that, but to have that feeling, like it just feels like it's coming from you, even though you know that it's not, but yeah, it, it is harder to like, to have the thought that you're going to stab your baby is one thing to have a an urge that what if you did like that to feel right. that urge to just like test it, to just try it out. Like, even though that's so terrifying to think about or to do, like these are the last people who would actually do it. That's why we're so avoidant of it. But yeah, I, I hear that all the time. Yeah. It's, it was what like really, really bothered me. It was like probably the one of the things and I, and I still like, I mean, I still have intrusive thoughts and I still get that feeling sometimes. It's just that I know you know, now what it is. And, and I just have to let it go. And it, and it, you can so easily get yourself wrapped into convincing yourself otherwise, but it, it's just, it was one of those things that really, really bothered me. Like it made me feel like this wasn't just like a mental thing. It was like something else, you know, something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I know OCD plays that trick on people all the time, which is like, well, especially after they do their exposures, right? Like, so now I'm not anxious holding a knife in front of my baby anymore. Does that mean I'm okay stabbing my baby? Like Exactly. Yes. Like, and, and before you start ERP, like I remember being like, well, does this mean that I'm going to be like desensitized to like <laughs> to awful things? And, and it's so not like that because underneath all that is yourself and you know, the person that would never do that. And you, then knows that, but you have to find that, that, like total, you know, trust in yourself, regardless of, of the certainty of whether or not you just have to find that. 
And you yeah. can't really explain that until like you actually just go through it and get, get to the other side. Absolutely. I love that. That's so common. And it's such a common trick. I mean, OCD is such an advantageous jerk. It's very definitely going to ahead of time, like even before ERP or maybe after your first session, going to have you doubt this, right? Like, ERP, yes. you don't want to do that. Like, what if you end up actually doing something? Or what if you end up becoming desensitized to it? Uh, I hear that all the time. So, yeah. Any, and being afraid, your- like, what if you find out something that you don't want to know about yourself, right. you know? Exactly. What other advice do you have for people? I mean, especially even moms out there, but anyone in general, really, because ERP works the same regardless of if you have harm intrusive thoughts or contamination, symmetry, scrupulosity, whatever. What advice do you have for anybody out there who's just maybe embarking on their ERP journey or who has had intrusive thoughts like you and they're just really, really struggling and they don't know where to start? Um, I mean, I would tell them that as scary as it feels, um, you have to just trust that um, you're being pointed in the right direction. And it, it's going to feel awful at first because it, it does. It's You're doing the exact opposite of, of what you think is helping you. But I would say what is a super helpful thought for me was, what am I doing now that's being helpful? You know, I'm not really, really helping myself at all. I'm just kind of making this go on even longer. So I need to do something else. I need a different alternative. And even if it doesn't seem like it's going to be right, I have to trust that it is going to be right. Yeah, that's so true. I like that a lot. I think that knowing that ERP is going to feel completely like opposite of what it is that your OCD wants is like, that's, that's what treatment is, right? So that's not a sign that necessarily you're going down the wrong path. If anything, that's a sign that you're going down the right trajectory. And yeah, just asking yourself, like, really, what are you doing now that's super helpful? Like, can you really continue to live this way in a, in a continuous manner? Like, can you keep this up? Because that's going to be the reality, right? Like, either something changes or nothing changes. And even though ERP may feel really, really scary, um, certainly continuing to live life the way that we're living, right, without ERP is also really, really scary and really, really difficult. So, yeah, I guess, do you have any other like feedback or any other suggestions for, especially maybe moms out there? I know we talked about like, we don't want to scare people, but we also want to tell them what's up. So like, what would you tell a new mom? I think I would tell them to be just so aware of themselves, just to like, don't get lost in just having a baby. Like you have been a person for X amount of years before you had that baby. So you're in there. And I think that being as in touch with that person as much as you can is just going to help yourself. And if something doesn't feel right, then like speak out about it because you deserve it. And, and, and I just think that there's this stigma that you become a mom and yeah, you do become a whole different person, but you also are, you know, your own, your own self, your own person. And, and that, needs to stay and you can't get lost in that. And so I think like just being as aware as possible and, and carving out that time to, to finding yourself again, if if you need to, or just being your true self, then aside from being a mom is just so super important. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, related to that, I mean, that's really great advice for new moms, I guess. What would you tell yourself back then at any point? It could be like before you got pregnant, it could be 
back when you were super, super young, it could be right before you started ERP at any point, what would you have gone back and told yourself? I think I would tell myself, um, just to, to trust myself and to, um, kind of just like listen to my way, like listen to, listen to like that inner, inner me and, and not kind of just like be complacent. You know what I mean? Like fight for yourself. Do you know? Like, I think it's, it's really important to just like always be your own advocate and try to be your, the best version of yourself, no matter what your circumstances. I think that's always the most important thing, no matter where you are, whether you're a mom or, or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So along those lines, obviously you're a mom, like you've been an anxiety warrior for a really long time, an OCD warrior for a very long time. You've gone through ERP. The reason I call this podcast all the hard things is because I obviously, I I do ERP with people, which is essentially doing hard things, right? Like doing the anxiety provoking things, uh, willingly making yourself go out of your way to experience that discomfort. So I'm curious. I always love to ask my guests. Why do you think it's important to do and to go through hard things? I think that without resistance, there can't be growth. And I think that's with everything. And, you know, maybe it's not your your ideal and maybe you don't want to go through the hard times, of course, when you're welcoming something so exciting into the world, but ultimately it's going to make you a better person. So you can't grow without it. And it, in all of life, we need it. And it's just, that's the way that, that life works, unfortunately. Um, and I think the more that you kind of just flow with that, the, the better off that you'll be. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.